guys and gals, welcome to the Oxford Holy Club, a place where we ready ourselves to give an answer for the hope that's in us. We will also try to answer your questions, random questions from the interwebs, and have some fun too. So put some seatbelts on your ears because we're in for a wild ride. Well, welcome ladies and gentlemen to episode 26 of the Oxford Holy Club podcast, your podcast premium podcast of choice. We're glad that you've chosen to join us uh, today and hope that you're having a great day. We're joined again with our host, just with the mostest, Lucas Candy. How are you, Lucas? I don't know how long I can get away with calling you that. <laughs> uh, hopefully less rather than more. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's good to be here. Excited for yet another podcast. Do you remember the chips that were made by the company called Hostess? Yeah, with those really weird... Um, weird looking uh, mascot guys that's right I, I guess you know i kind of forgot about some things anyway when i said hostess that's where my brain went <laughs> or hostess like uh, cupcakes and stuff Ooh, nice mm-hmm. so how are you lucas well, I'm doing pretty good. As I talked to you a minute ago, you know, I was supposed to do a little homework for this podcast and didn't. So everything's going to be uh, on the fly. It's going to be, uh, what was it? Uh, cheap, sweet, and delicious or something like that from last time. That's what it's going to be. Well, I'm looking forward to hearing what it could possibly be. Maybe <laughs> maybe the fact that you didn't get a chance will just uh, will make it even better. Improv. You got to keep going. Yeah, I see that. Yes, you, and I see that you're noticing the notes I'm making here. As uh, I see that you're typing, I <laughs> I highlighted something for you, L- uh, listener. Let let me let me open the curtain <laughs> on what's going on behind the scenes here. Lucas and I are sharing a Google Doc, not a sponsor, and in it are the questions and kind of the context of the episode and, and all that. And I wrote all that in black. My responses, I put in red at the very top of the page. I wrote, Lucas, could you please use blue? I didn't say blue. I said, Lucas, could you use blue color for your text? Question mark. As Lucas was speaking during this intro, he was also typing different things, which is super impressive, but he was doing it in red, which <laughs> I was looking at the thing going, but I'm supposed to be red. So anyway, everyone's fighting over the color of Jesus words in the Bible. Uh, oh, I didn't, you know, I didn't even think about that. I just <laughs> picked a color, man. That's, that's it. Um, well, Lucas, thanks for joining us. I know that you're a busy guy. I know that you're hoping for a snow day tomorrow. So maybe that's why you're staying up extra late to be with us. Yeah. Fingers crossed. <laughs> Do you believe in that? No, and, and you know, I, I actually I like teaching, so I you know it's it's always fun. Like just like you know, just like you know, if any people out there in you know high school or middle school or whatever, you know, you know how you get excited for a snow day. As a teacher, you still get excited for the snow days. Uh, I I love my job, but it's still fun to have a snow day, and I get to kind of hang out with my kids and stuff like that. I guess that's good. That's good. That's, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Well, Lucas, we've got uh, an interesting question that comes all the way from uh, the deep web of Yahoo Answers, and it is this. How do boneless chickens survive in the wild? Well, here's a fun fact. All chickens are actually boneless. They're just uh, cartilage and beaks is all they're really made of. Wait. Um, and much like real sharks, um, they need to keep moving or they will die. So that's why you always see, you never see a chicken standing still. They're always on the move. They always cut the head bob going and they're always moving. Yeah. What? Yeah, just Wikipedia. I'm sure. Just one second. Let me edit my Wikipedia doc here. Wait. Are you telling, you're trying to tell me that chickens don't have bones. This is the position that you have taken tonight. Yeah. 
on now, the, to, on the to air. To be fair, to be fair, some of their cartilage is firmer than others, so some of it will be almost bone-like to the untrained eye. Uh, you know, uh, so boneless is just cartilage removed. Okay, so are you telling me that the family tree? Now I'm, I'm moving to turkeys. Okay, but. Are you telling me oh, that the oh, turkeys have bones? Turkeys have bones for sure. Yeah, uh, they're a distant relative. They're about as related to chickens as dogs are to chickens. So uh, you know, it's not really the same thing. It's apples to oranges, my friend. Listener, I can't tell if he's being serious or not. I, we have a Skype call going, and I'm looking for a tell on his face. I can't tell if he's backed himself into a position he wishes he wouldn't have, or if he's being a hundred percent legitimate. I keep going back to the fact that, number one, he's a teacher. Number two, he's a Christian, so he shouldn't lie. (laughs) Boneless chickens. You heard it here first. Bone. Okay, so in all seriousness, are you telling me that, honest to goodness, chickens don't have bones? They have cartilage? Is this really what you're doing to me right now? (laughs) No, chickens have bones. Oh, my word. (laughs) My whole world got flipped, turned upside down. Now, listener, I'd like to take a minute. Just sit right there. Um, I, I was I was thinking to all the times like my dad and I would you know you'd you get into that turkey and you'd go for the the wish bone not the wish cartilage and you know and you snap that thing and and then uh, somebody gets to make a wish for a minute my whole childhood and teenage years. I, and and how many times have like wait a minute I've had chicken wings I know better than this what I, I'm such an idiot maybe it was just really tough cartilage I don't know <sighs> <laughs> I actually had chicken for supper tonight and I we bought one of those little you know seven dollar rotisserie chickens and we stripped her bare right down to the cartilage right down to the cartilage yeah and they, I mean they do have that one little kind of finger of cartilage at the top there you know where the, all the good meat is you got to watch out for the cartilage. Uh uh huh. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah 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 yeah. I know what you mean. I know what you're talking looks like, about. Looks kind of like a nose. Yep. Yep. Uh, so okay, since since we know that in the real world we live with chickens that actually have bones, uh, this person's asking, how do the boneless ones survive in the wild? <laughs> and it, for a minute, I was terrified that that, that they survived fine because that's all we've ever known. <laughs> but it's good to know that uh, apparently in this person's world, there are such things as boneless chickens out there in the world. I have to think, Lucas, this maybe comes from, you know, restaurants and places like KFC that have, you know, boneless, mm-hmm. uh, whatever, what have you. You know, the chicken nugget must really throw this person off. Yeah. Um, to me, I, I, when I read the question, all I could think of was um, like flabby sacks of feathers and beaks and stuff just kind of <laughs> flopping through the fields <laughs> kind of like a uh, starfish just kind of flopping around using their little beak tentacles yeah but uh man I'm, I'm still i'm sorry i'm still shaken up by the the web that you weaved back there a few minutes ago my 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 classic goof yeah that, a whole luke is going on another one of those boneless chicken rants have to edit this one out again I, listeners i wish you knew how many times oh this one might finally make it on the air <laughs> uh, so how do boneless chicken survive in the world they don't they don't exist if you are eating a chicken nugget know that that's probably not even chicken if you've gone to kfc and you've ordered the boneless whatever that you know the chicken tenders and all that uh, I'd like to think that that's chicken, Lucas. 
yeah, I mean, obviously chicken nuggets are mostly just beaks and like the little waddle thing they have under their their the cob. <laughs> but um, oh but like you know those the ones at KFC they look they look a little meatier than the rest. So that must they must have some kind of advanced uh, chicken technology. So chicken nuggets are basically the hot dog of the poultry world. Is that what you're telling me here? <clears throat> oh yeah, big time. I remember there was some show, I think it was Jamie Oliver, he was showing a bunch of American like school children how chicken nuggets were actually made and it's like super duper gross and he like ground up all the chicken bone and cartilage and stuff and he put it into little patties and he goes, now this is where chicken nuggets come from. Who wants one now? And all the kids still wanted them. <laughs> oh wow. Yeah, they were into it. Wow. Way to go McDonald's, not a sponsor. Uh, Lucas, thank you for, for for your response, man. For having not read ahead, you were really on your game. Maybe I do my best thinking on my feet, even though I'm sitting down. Yeah. Um, we have a listener question, and it's a serious question. And uh, so we'll take some time with this one. And, uh, and then a little bit later, you know, we have our last Wesley question, Lucas, the final one for the, for the Oxford Holy Club podcast. Now, it's not the mm. last episode for us. But I the, should hope not. But the well, thanks. But the last uh, the last Wesley question. But our listener question is this. I have a friend who I'm very close with, but she and I fight often and I've been hurt by her badly. I'm struggling with forgiving her and trusting her, but I don't want to walk away from the friendship. Mm. Now, my daughter is uh, is too young to be subscribed to well i mean our podcast is clean and all that she could listen to the podcast but she doesn't know what podcasts are um but this wasn't from her she's nine years old but i will say um when i when i read this question you know harmony was going through something very much like this yesterday not a good scene so when i read this one this one hit home for me because i spent um, a lot of my evening after school kind of working with my daughter through some of this stuff Hmm. And uh, specifically, I had a few different thoughts. And Lucas, I see that you're writing and uh, and all that, so I know that you've got something. But uh, I was thinking, you know, I'm struck that the, the person wrote. And let me just say this: if you're going to put yourself in a position um, where you want to make friends and maintain friendships and stuff, it's it's a vulnerable place. Uh, because unfortunately friends can hurt each other's feelings and it hurts the worst when it comes from a friend, but very much so. Right. But we're, we're not perfect people. Um, I've always maintained and, and maybe someone wouldn't agree with this, but I've always maintained a ministry when I've gone into a place, you know, uh, as a new pastor or whatever, I've always said, you know, at some point I'm going to disappoint you or let you down in some way. I, I just want you to know right off the bat. Um, you'll do it to me and I will do it to you and we won't mean to. So let's just be ready to offer each other for uh, forgiveness and understanding, which is easier said than done, you know, when you haven't done anything to that point. Um, <laughs> it's almost like you're, you know, getting a free one. Right. So the, so just know that that having having a friend doesn't mean that there won't be issues, that there won't be fights, that feelings won't get hurt and stuff like that. So understanding that there will be. I'm struggling with forgiving her and trusting her is what this person wrote. And I thought, you know, forgiveness is something that we, that we give. Um, you know, we offer forgiveness to someone. And, and then the whole trust thing, though, is this, is, uh, is that trust is earned. You know, you don't just trust somebody out of the blue 
you have to earn someone's trust. And, and, and when someone does something that betrays that trust, it's, it, it might be easier to offer forgiveness than it is to offer, you know, to just restore that trust relationship. Trust might take time where forgiveness is something that, you know, um, you can offer. And the only other thing I thought, you know, about this, and, and I have some scripture I'd love to share and Lucas and I'll talk about it here, but I remember hearing this one time and it said this, unforgiveness is like drinking poison and waiting for the other person to die. Because unforgiveness, when someone does something to us and we harbor that in our heart and will not offer forgiveness, we can, we, that we don't even try to get to that place maybe, we continue daily to, to let that hurt just permeate our, and, and, and it makes things worse. Um, and, and we get more upset with this person and more upset with the situation. So forgiveness sometimes, and Lucas, I'm not sure what you thought or found, but oftentimes I've found forgiveness is sometimes more about me than it is about the other person. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It's It, it very much is because forgiveness is, I am kind of releasing you from from that, and whether or not they accept it or whatever is up to them. But you are you are saying like I'm not going to be stewing on this all the time anymore. Like it, you you can still be hurt, and like yeah. you said, the trust can still be damaged. But forgiveness is saying like I'm not going to let this take over my life. Yeah, absolutely, and and I think we've all been there. Um, what else, Lucas? I know I know that you've got more here. Uh, yeah, well. It's it's always tricky because you know I I've I've seen my fair share of middle and high school drama in my job and it's always tricky because sometimes you know we are, we're getting one side of the story so uh, chances are one of two things is happening here um, either um, you know look at the situation through that person's shoes like we always judge other people by their actions and we judge ourselves by our intentions um, what were their intentions were their intentions to hurt you were their intentions bad which they could be um, if maybe if you look at it and say oh they weren't meaning to but you know things got out of hand although you wrote that they've hurt you several times so I'm guessing this might be the second option which is you know uh, it Oh, thought. Well, well no, I th I'm sorry. I think you need to repeat what you said um, uh, about how how we judge, uh, because I, th I I haven't heard it put like that before, and I don't want to just gloss over that because what you said is is huge, Lucas. So could you repeat that for me? Yes, unfortunately, I can't take credit for it because someone else, someone much smarter than me, said it. But I've I've held on to it because it's it's very true. It says we like to judge other people by what they've done but we like to judge ourselves by what we mean to do. Mm. So, you know, I drop the pop and you just say like, oh, you dropped that pop over the floor. you like, you dummy, blah, 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 blah. But if you drop the pop, you're like, well, I didn't mean to drop the pop. It was well, my mistake. I tripped on the car. You know, you, you give yourself yeah, yeah. a lot more grace yeah. and you obviously give other people. So in my life, I try to give myself, you know, grace, but also give other people grace. And like, what were they intending to do? And that can cause, that can save you from so much trouble and like just worry with stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. So, sorry. Thank you for going back on that. You can please pick up where you were going. <laughs> oh, anytime. Uh, now, I, I think you have to look at this friendship and say, has this friendship, uh, is it serving you well anymore? And not that a friendship is all about you, but sometimes people become friends. You know, when you're when you're you know in elementary, you basically become friends with whoever's nearby, like your cousins or your classmates or whatever. And so sometimes people can be 
you know, your friend and you kind of hang out with them. But then as you get older and as you kind of change, you know, your yourself and they change themselves, you start growing further apart because you have less and less in common. And sometimes there's, it's something that, you know, Henry Cloud, the author, calls a necessary ending. Like, listen, nothing lasts forever. And, and you should have to look at this friendship and say, is this a solid friendship that's in trouble? Or is this just a friendship that's been getting like worse and worse as it goes on? And sometimes it, you just have to kind of kind of cut ties with that person not in like a mean way but just say listen if this is not um if this is causing me more harm than it is help um or if i'm hurting you more than i'm helping you then this is not a a place where you want to be um and you know forgiveness is biblical for sure but that doesn't mean you have to stand there and you have to just let these things happen in fact i was dealing with a a situation with some drama between some some students one day same thing you know this these this this girl and she had this other friend and she just was not treating her well and she said well you know I just I want to be your friend and I said well that's really nice but this person is not treating you well and it sounds like they haven't been for a long time so you know I I encourage this girl I said listen you have to look real long and hard at this and decide is this something that you should still be investing in Um, and you know the most difficult decisions usually have the best results. You never get anywhere better by doing something comfortable. So sometimes mm-hmm. getting yourself out of a bad relationship, whether it's, you know, like a boyfriend, girlfriend, or just a friend, friend thing, uh, it's it's never going to be fun, but sometimes it's very necessary and it's very, yeah. very beneficial. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right, Lucas, forgiveness is biblical. And, um, I, and I know I put a lot of scripture here in the notes, um, but you know, Jesus spoke specifically about forgiveness. And I and if you'll allow me, I, I want to share this with you. I'll allow it. Well, thanks. Um, because I think this is not just, for, you know, this is not just for the junior high and senior high, obviously. But I look at the world around right now and I wonder, you know, how much forgiveness is really out there? Um, you know, if someone... someone with social media and the internet, the way things are now, if someone slips up and it's public online, that haunts them for quite a long time. And and where people used to be able to just deal with things and move on, now it constantly gets tossed back in our faces. And so understanding what forgiveness really can be and you know what the Bible says about it, I think is super important. Um, so this is in Matthew 18, 15 to 33, and Jesus is speaking. And it says this, if your brother sins against you, go and tell him his fault between you and him alone. If he listens to you, you've gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take one or two others along with you that every charge may be established by the evidence of two or three witnesses. If he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. And if he refuses to listen to even to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and tax collector. Now I'm going to go back over this in a second. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you, if two of you are agreed on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my father in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among, among them. And so Jesus is talking here and, and, and he's going to continue, but but right here he's explaining kind of, I had to explain this to my daughter actually, um, because she was having a hard time with, you know, for some friend drama and this isn't super serious stuff, but you want to put, you know, you want to instill this kind of right away. Like, well, okay, hon, did you, did you talk to, did you talk to your friend? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Uh, okay. And you know, what happened after that? Well, it, you know, we continued to have issues and now I didn't 
because we're, you know, it's in the school situation. I'm not, I don't want there to be this gang up where a bunch of friends go and go, Hey, you're messing with my friend kind of thing. You know, like I'm right. not trying to, uh, but you know, you, you, I took her through the kind of the steps of trying to sort this out and mend the relationship, you know, the escalating things. Well, like we see here, you know, take, you know, go talk to them. If it doesn't work, bring, bring a few others if that doesn't work. Go to the authority. If that doesn't work, then you need to just part ways, kind of like what you said. And that's what he's talking about when it says, you know, as a Gentile and a tax collector. Um, and so then, you know, further down, he's, uh, you know, Peter comes up to Jesus and he says, Lord, how often will my brother sin against me and I will forgive him? As many as seven times? So Peter, and I'm not trying to preach, and I've got that stinking preacher bone in me, but... <laughs> Cartilage. But, <laughs> oh, shoot. But Peter comes up and he's like, okay, but what happens if someone, you know, it's like the seventh time they've done this to me. Do I really have to forgive them that many times? And Jesus said, uh, I do not say to you seven times, but 77 times. And then Jesus goes on and he says this, therefore, and, and, and I, I almost didn't put this in, but I think this story is super important because especially for us as Christians, understanding the forgiveness that we've been given and what we're to do with that. So it says, uh, therefore, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle, one was brought to him who owed him 10,000 talents. And since he could not pay, his master ordered him to be sold with his wife and children and all that he had and payments to be made. So the servant fell on his knees, imploring him, have patience with me and I will pay you everything. And out of pity for him, the master of that servant released him and forgave him his debt. But when that same servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred denarii. And seizing him, and began, he began to choke him, saying, pay what you owe. So his fellow servants fell down and pleaded with him, have patience with me and I will pay you. He refused and went to put him in prison until he should pay the debt. When his fellow servants saw what had taken place, they were greatly distressed and they went and reported to their master all that had taken place. Then his master summoned him and said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you pleaded with me. And should you not have had mercy on your fellow servant as I've had mercy on you? And in anger, his master delivered him to the jailers until he should pay all his debt. So also my heavenly father will do to every one of you if you do not forgive your brother from your heart. Yeah, and I mean that's that that's the whole ball game, right? Like we can never repay what we've been forgiven for, like all these sins, and yet we'll hold the silliest little things against people. And even stuff that's frankly not silly, but we still owe them forgiveness and we owe them grace because we've been given so much grace and we hoard it like it's you know ours to hoard yeah freely we have received and freely we are called to give it to others well ladies and gentlemen it's now that time it's our not a sponsor break the part of the show where we highlight something that we feel does it better than anybody else but they won't support us financially nobody does it well, I've been playing guitar now for about 20 years of my life. And during that time, I've tried an awful lot of capos. But it wasn't until, and I'm not kidding here, it wasn't until I, I purchased the G7th Performance 2 capo that everything changed for me. 
It is an in-tune, buzz-free capo experience. G7, their award-winning capo for six-string guitars, is unlike any other guitar capo. Its fast squeeze-on, squeeze-off action gives you complete control over the pressure placed on your strings, so you spend more time playing and less time tuning. And unlike a simple spring capo, which can be loaded up to two times the pressure needed on most guitars, the capo um, that I'm using, Performance 2, gives you unparalleled intuitive control over the tension placed on your strings. That means significantly less tuning issues and slow fret wear. It is phenomenal. I've had this capo for uh, probably 10, 12 years and never had an issue. And it comes with a free lifetime warranty. And in my opinion, nobody does it better at giving me a very smooth, unique capo experience with a G7 capo, not a sponsor. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back. It's now time for our Wesley question. It's the last Wesley question that we have. We've gone through 24 of them. That's not true because there's only 22. We've gone through 21 of them. And now here we are at 22. It's been a long road. It's been, you know, it's been, but it's been a good road, eh? It has been a good road. A road of discovery. Hey, yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you get a question, you're like, no, oh, this is kind of like a, la- a lame one this week. And then we'll just talk about it for like 15 minutes. And it turns out, you know, we were the, the ones who are lame. Not, <laughs> not in fact, Charles Wesley. Listen, we've never said the Oxford Holy Club podcast, ladies and gentlemen, has never said that John Wesley was boring. We would never assassinate his character. Certainly not. Uh, having said that, I've had to read some stinking long sermons from him th- that I could have like par- that I could have summed up. Not and, and and you know others could have summed up in a paragraph, and he took you know fourteen pages. But whatever. <laughs> well, if people had to ride their horse and buggy or walk all the way there, you know, uphill both ways. They wanted to hear a long sermon. You they know, had to rest their feet. You know what? That's <laughs> that's fair. Well, Lucas, here we go. The last one. Drum roll, please. Well, I was going to add it in post, but all right, we'll use that. The question is this, and and it is an important one. I don't mean to make light. The question is, after all those other ones, they would end with this last question. Is Christ real to me? This is one of the ones that when I first looked at it, I'm like, well... I guess, like, obviously, like, if you sat through the first 20 questions, of course, you're going to say yes to the last one. But I think this is a really valid question because a lot of the time um, we we see Jesus Christ as the cartoon character in the children's Bible or we, you know, we don't think of him as a real living person. We see him almost as just like... Santa Claus or whatever. We don't mean to. If you ever asked us, do you think Jesus is real? We'd say, oh yeah, for sure. But we don't actually think of him that way. We think of him more like a character sometimes. Um, And uh, I I remember hearing it, uh, I think it was during the Youth Alpha, they talked about this and I thought it was really interesting. They said, uh, here's the thing. Jesus Christ was either the son of God who is exactly who he said he was or a complete lunatic. There's no middle ground. Like, and you, if, when you look at all the things he did and all the things he said, 
you can't just be the problem is tons of people think or or just treat him like oh he was a wise teacher you know right. a man full of wisdom you know but no no a man full of wisdom wouldn't be like i'm the son of god because if he wasn't he would be crazy so and and i ever since i heard that i th- i thought that was a really powerful statement you know so many people including christians live like he's somewhere in between those two things but he can't be he can only be one or the other and people need to decide what they think he was and is um otherwise you know they're just living a lie it, it, it you know what you just said kind of brought to mind something that i heard a long time ago too in relation to jesus if you believe that he's real um you know we have the we have these terms for jesus that he's savior and mm-hmm. lord you know and lord but sometimes we're 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 totally cool with jesus being savior because we don't want the sin we don't want to live in the muck and the mire but but we're not comfortable with Jesus being Lord because, mm-hmm. because a Lord has authority over our actions. Well, the, exactly. re- the reality is, is that Jesus is to be savior and Lord of our lives. That means allowing him, yep, to fix the mess that we've made and to forgive the sin and, you know, to, to pour out grace and mercy and, and all those things. But if Christ is real to us, then he needs to be Lord of our life. You know, Lucas, it kind of brought me to, I, when I first read this, the initial thing that popped into my head was James 2, um, 14 to 26. But did you want to read it? Because I did a ton of reading there a little bit ago. Why, yes, I would love to read it. Now, it's in red. Would you like me to put it in blue? <clears throat> that's going to that's gonna really throw me off. You know, the red is, is usually a, a no-go zone for me in this podcast. Oh, look, you're, you're changing it. Very good. All right, well, I'll start reading. Uh, Faith without works is dead. What does it profit a man, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and none, and none of you says to them, Depart in peace and be warmed and filled, but you don't give them anything that they need for their body, what does it profit? Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I will show you my, firth, my faith without, sorry, I will show you my faith without your works. Wait, show me your faith without your works and I will show you my faith by my works. Uh, you believe that there is one God uh, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. Uh, but do you want to, but, ugh, sorry, when it's not in the version I'm used to reading it in, it throws me right off. Uh, let me go back to that. Uh, you believe there is one God. Uh, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you, but do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is dead? Uh, was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith uh, was working together with his works and that by works the faith was made perfect? And the scripture was fulfilled which says Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness and he was called the friend of God. You see then that a man is justified by works and not by faith only. Likewise, was not Rahab the harlot uh, also justified by works when she received the messenger and sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. Thanks. I, I, heard, uh, I heard a saying one time that kind of reminds me of this. It said, so heavenly minded, they're no earthly good. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> yeah. 
is Christ real to me? Well, let me ask this. Is Christ real to to the demons? Right. I, I, I mean, it said that, that, you know, that even the demons believe and know. So what is the difference in our life? You know, it's one thing for us to say that we have faith and yes, I believe in Jesus and, and you know, all those things. But, but do our actions and does our life show that? And I'm not talking about when you're in church or when you're out in public. I'm talking about, and, and those are important, but I'm, I'm talking about what are your works when you're home by yourself when no one's around? Another way of saying this, instead of saying, is Christ real to me? You could ask the question, is Christ real in me? And, and that's an excellent way of putting that, Lucas. Talk to me about what's the distinction. Well, you know, obviously is real to you. That's just a question of like, do you believe in him? And and the fact is, like the, the scripture said, you know, well, the demons, you know, would believe that he exists. Um, but is he real in me? Like, is he having an impact on your life? Do you live like someone died for you? Hmm. Do you live like, like you are a sinner and someone has made you clean and that you, you know, you owe it to the world to go out and share this good news? Do you live that way? You know, I heard it. I heard, uh, and we're we're tossing Christian cliches left, right, and center here. <laughs> um, but I've often heard this one: is that you know, it's easy to die for Christ, but it's hard to live for Him. Mm-hmm. Right? Anyone would say, "Yeah, I'd die for Christ." Okay, well, will you be willing to live for Him? Um, so is Christ real to me? If I was to answer this question, yes. Yes, he is. Does, but does that mean, and is Christ real in me? Yes. Uh, I would like to think that my actions, that someone seeing me would say there's something different about him, you know, beyond just the wackiness and all that kind of stuff and the goofs. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, even for you, Lucas, you know, knowing you, I know Christ is real, you know, in you and to mm-hmm. you and in your family. And, um, so, you know, it's a, it's a great question to wrap up because I was, you know, I was thinking it could go either way in that room. What if someone had, what if this was a sarcastic question that, so, you know, they went through the 21 and someone was in the room that was just not having the best week. And they're like, hey, <laughs> is Christ real to you? You know, like, come on, is right. Christ real to you? Get it together. Mm-hmm. Be- because if he is, then let's go. You know, if he's not, then what are you doing here? Yeah. So I think it's important. Well, no, Lucas, I see you got something there. Go. Uh, no, I had something and then it quickly departed my brain. Oh, sorry. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's my fault. Um, I think this is an excellent question, especially to be wrapping everything up because, you know, the, the, the previous 21 questions will really, really tell, you know, the answer to this question. Mm-hmm. Lucas, it's the last one. Anything to toss in before we, we go to something different? No, I, well, I did just want to say I think this was a, a great way to start this. Um, it was a great uh, talking points uh, and something to kind of – and it's so interesting how these questions of faith that these men had you know, hundreds of years ago – are still so applicable today. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And just like everything in the Bible, like it's 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 always going to be valid. It's always going to be useful, um, even though the culture changes and everything else changes. Like it's always so. It just speaks into everything. Um, but one thing is for people out there listening, like 
send us some questions like going forward. I mean, we have our, you know, our goofs and stuff like that, but um, it's, it's important to, if you have questions, send them to us. Like the, this, the girl who shared the question about her, her friends, uh, send those questions in and, and give us something to, to talk about. And, and obviously we don't know everything, but we, we, you know, we've nope. been around the block a time or two and we can give you our, our very best uh, attempt at it. Absolutely. So as we, as, and Lucas, you said it all. So as we go from the Wesley questions, we're going to be, you know, looking for what's the next step and have been looking. Um, but we would love to be able to spend more time engaged with you, the audience. Um, so again, Oxford Holy Club at gmail.com, any of the social medias, and we'll, we'll mention them again at the end of the episode. This question comes, Lucas, from Yahoo Answers. I'm not even sure what to do with this one. If you pump a haunted cellar full of concrete, does it get rid of the ghost? Like, if you totally obliterate the ghost environment by filling the whole cellar full of liquid concrete right up to the ceiling, does it effectively exercise it? Or would the ghost just move upstairs and haunt the rest of the house? Well, I mean, they've got a lot of a lot of assumptions there. Like they assume that the ghost needs air to live. I mean, they pass through walls, so I, I feel like maybe they're holding their breath when they do that. I don't know. Uh, I'm not a, a ghost <laughs> expert. <Yeah>, every <laughs> <That's right>. time, <laughs> as soon as they come out of the wall, um, and and also the fact that they could just live down there and then you know pop up occasionally. But I mean, if if you think that like they couldn't get through concrete, then couldn't you just lock them in whatever room they're in? You know, ha, there's no way out. There's, you can't do it. And and if physical things could stop them, then just get a net and then you're a ghostbuster with a net. Whoa. Now, there's, as you've said, there's a lot of presuppositions in this or, you know, things that they think. Number one, um, ghosts and haunting. Mm-hmm. Now... I, I find myself, if I'm being honest, a little bit torn with this because, you know, I do believe in a spiritual realm a, a, mm-hmm. and, and not like, not like, um, when I say realm, I don't mean like, um, what? Dungeons and Dragons? Well, yeah, like, I guess so. <laughs> I've, I don't, I've never, uh, no. <laughs> Uh, not like D and D, or you know, like um, alternate realities or planes of existence, things like that. The planar uh, system, right? The plane, yes. But I do believe that here around us there is a spiritual realm. Now, does that mean I believe in ghosts as we've come to know them and in our culture? I I'm not a big ghost person. Having said that, I've I've had some spooky things that have gone on in my life that I can't explain. But I'm still not a ghost person. I, that, right. So, so assuming though that I believe in ghosts, mm-hmm. like if you totally obliterate the ghost's environment, what what blows my mind is that this ghost with the ability to travel anywhere, it's it's hunkered down in the cellar or basement of this person's house and goes nowhere else. It's only there. Mm-hmm. And the first thing they think of is liquid concrete. (laughs) Fill her up. So this person believes in ghosts, but not that they are spectral. That you you know what I mean? Like, Mm -hmm. and that they can't move. Like you think they would see it coming and just float up or walk up. Because now I've never done this, but I've been around when you know um, concrete's poured. You're putting in uh, well the old school satellite dishes or. Mm 
or you know you do in a basement like it's it's a big deal to bring in a cement truck and all that ghosts ain't stupid they're gonna see it coming yo yeah you you, you gonna get haunted you you're gonna get haunted now you're haunted yeah you're, you're haunted <laughs> uh right up to the ceiling okay does it affect it? now here's the other thing in this per th th this person knows enough about ghosts to have heard the term exercise and not mm -hmm. in not in the t not in like the you know the physical Go to fitness the gym. way right mm -hmm. but but maybe they've seen the old movies or they've been around the church and and heard of exercise exercise the demons <laughs> i forget what that's from but i probably shouldn't have said it um we'll fix it in post well yeah nid stain they know enough about exorcism and yet they think that that this is how you exercise a demon liquid cement i mean is it does it have to be cement could you fill it with like popcorn peanuts or could you you know could you fill it with you know could you just suck all the oxygen out of the room you know then they'll then they'll go suffocate uh or you could fill it with lumber or you could fill it with peanut butter like is there anything can it will anything do would the ghost just move upstairs and haunt the rest of the house? So either it is in the cellar and that is its space mm -hmm. or it is the rest of the room. It's the bathroom. It's the attic. It's the kitchen. It's wherever. So my my advice for real is leave the stinking thing alone. Mm -hmm. do, you, do you want? I mean, I mean, ghosts are like mold. If you got one, you know it's everywhere. They're in the walls. Oh. You know, oh, don't get me started shoot you need to bring in an inspector of some kind <laughs> there's there's the advice if if there was advice it is it is that also that's not how you exercise a demon and yeah uh, um don't 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 do that <laughs> the, the also not not very cost uh you know cost effective dave ram no. dave ramsey would not approve of your ghost exorcism and, and don't even think about putting that cement on a credit card <laughs> Yep, and get rid of your nice car and get a junker. First thing you're doing. When Just like Lucas. Hey, man, it worked. It does. We, he, do you think he'd ever be a sponsor? Oh, he might. You never know. Well, hold on. He's a money guy, right? He might not want to give money. Oh, he'll give money. Uh, his first question would be, how many uh, subscriber do you have? And we'll have to say, well, well we have a subscriber. I was going to say, did, uh, did you say subscriber? <laughs> I did. Okay. <sighs> well we have you know we're doing all right did i ever tell you that we passed the we're, we're well over the thousand now listens no way really yeah 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 that is impressive your mom is just working overtime how many iphones did you buy her well enough <laughs> you put that thing you get them going get it on repeat get the computer up and and all that and uh yeah you got a stew going on anyway you guys do um so you tell you tell them that now i'm not you know i'm not sure what that that could be like 10 people just listening and listening and listening going what are these idiots doing i think that gives us more credit than just a thousand individuals listening to it once fair enough we got 10 super a hundred super fans a hundred super fans um well thanks lucas now you, i asked you last time your fast food recommendation and i'd love mm -hmm. to throw if it's all right with you if you wouldn't allow me i would love to let you know what mine is 
I feel kind of rude. I didn't even ask you last time. I just went into this like Dairy Queen like Phantom Zone and was so rude and didn't ask you about your recommendation. But here we are to get it. You went on another one of those Dairy Queen rips, the old <laughs> DQ runs, and oh, that's a, that's another that's another you, you thing. Get, you get that after DQ. Yeah. Sorry, moving along. Well, so I discovered this. A&W's Chipotle Mayo, 35 cents to go in and, and buy it. And it's just, you know, the little container uh, of, of their mayo. And then, you, so you get that and you just, you just go right over to your closest McDonald's, your McDonald's, and you, uh, you get the, the <laughs> I can't even, Lucas edited my notes and wrote cartilage mounds. So you go to McDonald's and you go get the chicken nuggets and, you know, and the fry and, and you get a water because, you know, body's a temple health um <laughs> and then you, you you know you dip it in that chipotle mayo it is a super feast uh let me tell you it's a fast food super feast and it is just fantastic well i wasn't actually trying to feed you the term fast food super feast i was writing it for my own notes because we have a mutual friend who back in high school uh planned and strategized the perfect fast food meal uh and it was it included um fries from kfc nuggets from mcdonald's and like basically he took the best thing from every fast food meal and then like combined them all together um and that was he was very excited and enjoyed that feast his fancy feast (laughs) (laughs) now can we talk about that right meow um (laughs) The fries, look, I was hoping to be done in 40 minutes, but I can't stop now. The fries from KFC were the things he wanted. That was the pinnacle of what KFC had to offer him in his fancy feast. (laughs) Well, I mean, I I get it. Like, I love their fries. Who doesn't want fries that taste a little bit like chicken? Uh, I buy chicken. Well, I mean, the chicken's good, too. And I can't remember exactly. Like, maybe he got other stuff from there, too. Um, Okay, here's here's a quick question. And maybe this could be a whole podcast on its own. But uh, who has the best and who has the worst fries? Rate rate the fries for me in the fast food spectrum. (sighs) I've got to give at the moment uh, probably the best fries. Not Wendy's. Um, Sorry, Wendy's. McDonald's salted and hot, not mm-hmm. McDonald's cold or McDonald's hot and unsalted. I, I mm-hmm. like the McDonald's fry like that. Now they're not not huge. Um, the worst fry I've found Wendy's probably has what I would consider the worst. Oh, fry. hands down, hands down. And it's funny because they're for you young well, youngsters, they're better than they used to be. Yeah, but they're still not very good. You know, though DQ has a really good fry, uh, pretty mm. pretty big and and crisp. Good, very crisp. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. you know, I would I'd have to give it up to I'd have to give it up to one of those two, McDonald's or DQ. Uh Burger King yeah. fries are just fries to me. Nothing mm-hmm. nothing really there. How about you? Uh I would go probably uh Dairy Queen. I might go Burger King over McDonald's. I like McDonald's. It's funny. McDonald's is like what's what, what can I compare to? McDonald's is like uh like spaghetti and meatballs. I'm never excited for it, but when I eat it, I'm like, this is good. This is really good. Like, I enjoy it. Sure. Uh, they're like a solid, like, third place for me. Um, then you've got, uh, well, deluxe French fries, if you're going to add those in. Those are like, you will have a heart attack. And I've never eaten at Harvey's, uh, so I can't tell you that one. Arby's with the old curly fries. I mean, that's that's still going to be in the middle for me. And then, I and again, Wendy's would be 
dead last, which is too bad because they have some solid burgers, but their fries are just garbage. Yep, yep. Get it together, Wendy's. You heard it here first. Yeah, nobody wants skin on their fries. It doesn't make you fancy. It makes you lazy. <laughs> thank you, Lucas, for taking the time to be here tonight with me and the listeners. And thank you, listeners, for taking your time to listen to the podcast. And um, remember, you can send in any of your questions uh, to our email, OxfordHolyClub at gmail.com. We will never name you unless you ask us to. You can follow our podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Oxford Holy Club. And we use the Instagram uh, every now and then to uh, kind of go behind the scenes, show you what's going on uh, so you can connect with us there. Don't See forget, how the nuggets are made. Yuck. If you do use the social medias, uh, don't forget to use that hashtag O-Club so that we see it, O-H-C-L-U-B. And if you would ever go over to iTunes and give a five-star rating, we will read that rating on the air. It is an, it, you, could, you could potentially leave a message for somebody that you know listens to the podcast and we'll read it as long as there's a five-star rating attached trying to climb that ladder of success i guess on itunes so thank you again everyone for taking the time to be with us we are looking forward to seeing you again next week and so until next time keep spiritually fit and have fun